Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. You're doomed. You're all doomed. Are you going to last all summer? I don't know if I'm going to last all week. We ain't going to stand for no weirdness out here. Now, if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would it be? Rocket roll. You had a drown. You never paid any attention. to mention that downtown they call this place Camp Blood. Counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. It's got a death curse. Kill her, Mommy. Kill her. Don't let her get away, Mommy. Don't let her live. I won't, Jason. I won't. are going to get some sleep tonight if it kills me. Eight. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Seven. Where's your past? Screw your past. Six. Come to Freddy. Five. You won't need a stretcher up there. You need a mop. Four. Please, God. This is God. Three. Morality sucks. Welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and I am joined by the ever-quotable Jay. The boy. Is he dead, too? Who? The boy, Jason. Jason? In the lake. The one who... The one who attacked me. The one who pulled me underneath the water. Man, we didn't find any boy. But then... Then... This is God. Well, that was an interesting conver- co- combination. Well, that's the best I got, man. These yeah, are lines that mix together. <laughs> I was curious if you were going to try to blend. Also a terrible Freddie impression, so I apologize to anybody who had to hear that. Well, that you did a good than... cop impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better than Nancy's acting. And, of course, joining <laughs> us is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. What's up? So, not much. I need some Advil, man. Why did you not take some Advil before we got on? Because my head didn't start hurting Uh until I fucking got on here. Well, go take Advil. I'll ask Jay what he's been up to this week. All right. Jay, what have you been up to this week? Uh, Working, mostly. Watched a couple movies we're about to talk about. Um, as far as new movies go, I watched Incident in a Ghostland. That was fucking phenomenal. Yep, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I want to watch it so bad. Well, it's there for you to watch whenever you want. I know. I, I, I'm Hopefully, I'm going to watch it this week. Uh, I've just been busy doing a bunch of shit and have not been able to um, concentrate on a movie that much. Besides that, I converted from MoviePass to AMC A-List because MoviePass decided to shoot itself in the foot. Yeah, MoviePass... It, Will not make it out of 2018. I don't even know if it's going to make it to October. I don't know, but they, uh, I don't know. So for anybody who has MoviePass, a while ago, it was a $10 a month service where you could see one movie a day. You couldn't see IMAX or 3D or anything like that, and you could only see each movie once. 
but it was still better than paying to go see a movie every time you wanted to go. And I was using it to watch pretty much all the major horror releases that were coming out this year. Uh, lately, they've switched to peak pricing, which means that if you go see a movie on the weekend, you could be charged up to an extra $8 per ticket, which completely eliminates the purpose of using the service in the first place, in my opinion. I paid for a free movie when I go, not a half-off movie. And they started blocking big release stuff like Mission Impossible until it's in, like, its last week. So that combination of stuff made me switch to AMC A-List. If you have an AMC near you, I'm going to plug them for free here. Uh, $20 a month, you get to see three movies a week, but there's absolutely no limits on when you see them or what their format is. So you can go see three IMAX movies, which is an $18 to $20 ticket on its own, for the $20 a month. So I switched that because I have an AMC close enough to me that it makes it worth it. So the extra $10 a month. So that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I've been slacking on the news from the news episodes. Me too. We're dealing with life shit, so me and Jerry will get back to that soon. Yeah, Hopefully in the next week we'll drop a, a nice big one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or mess with the format. We'll mess around. We just kind of do stuff on our on our YouTube and podcast when life allows. We don't have strict schedules. Like, it's this is a hobby. Like, yeah, we want to be, like, as as uh, on time as possible. But at the same time, we both got shit going on. That's how life is. Kenneth, I heard you're back. Yeah. All right. So what have who you... Who told you? Uh, what do you mean, who told me? You told me? What? <laughs> I have been Did not you really take doing a whole lot. Advil or drugs? <laughs> so they wouldn't work that fucking quick. <laughs> oh, by the way... But it's I ether it would. I did watch this documentary on DMT, and I really want to try that shit. Is it how different is DMT from like just doing acid? From what I understand, a whole world of difference. Huh. I'll have to look you into know, it. Like, like uh, you know, otherworldly, other planes of existence, all kinds of shit. From what Be you see, careful. When... that's how you get fucking demons. Hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, demons! <laughs> it's your boy back with that DMT. <laughs> I mean, I am totally down from what these people described in this documentary. Oh, shit. Took DMT. You hear to hear first, DMZ. kids. Kill the cast. Go do some drugs. Do DMT. Watch DBZ. Hell, I'm <laughs> headphones on first and y'all can record it. <laughs> we'll just work. Let's do it together and we'll just videotape it. Hey, that works too, man. That'd be great for our first uh, all together outing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I end up killing a hobo, then we have to hide the body, and then five years from now, his hobo's like brother shows up and tries to kill us all, and we're trying to figure that shit out. Fuck yeah, that sounds like a great movie. What if we kill the hobo, but we put him in a time capsule that we <laughs> dig up 20 years later? That's that. I'm good with that. Uh, uh, so, have you been doing anything else, Kenneth, besides dreaming of DMT? Actually, no, not really. I mean, uh, daughter started her first day of school last week, so she was pretty excited about that. And she got into jujitsu, and she got back into uh, Girl Scouts. So it's been pretty busy for the past week or so. Other than that, uh, not that I can think of. I might be forgetting something. Am I forgetting something? I don't. Why would I know if you're forgetting things? Because I talk to you more than I talk to anybody else. That's true. I do talk to you like at least every other day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, as for me, I am pursuing a new job that, if I get, is going to be life-changing. So that's good. Yeah. I have um, 
I went and saw Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, last night in theaters at an early screening uh, that Fangoria presented here in Nashville with uh, Rick Prince, who was a puppeteer on the movie. And uh, the movie gets two gigantic thumbs up. I'd give it three gigantic thumbs up, but my dick's not big enough to be gigantic. Um, Not even close. Not even close. It's it's pretty it's pretty pathetic. I I once sent someone a dick picture and they threatened to call the FBI on me for sending child pornography. So, I went and saw it. It's absolutely fantastic. There is a spoiler free review on the our YouTube channel. You can check out. And if you want a spoiler-filled one, there is a about an hour-long podcast I did with me, uh, Bill Casanelli from Horror Mafia and Scott Crawford from Podcast by the Cemetery, where we went fully in-depth, all kinds of spoilers, talked about how awesome it was. Um, I highly recommend seeing this movie. It comes out on VOD, I think like August uh, 17th, and comes out on Blu-ray in September, Blu-ray and DVD. I 100% rec- recommend this movie. It uh, it it feels like watching a the first time, like a, the very first time. It feels like the first time you watch an 80s movie in 2018. <laughs> um, and it was Ooh. awesome. It's got uh, Officer Dangle from Reno 911 is the main guy. And really? Yes, and he's fantastic. And, oh man! Uh, it's got Barbara Crampton is it in it. A serious thing, or is it joking around? Uh, no, no, that's the thing. Like this movie is a serious movie, but it does have humor in it. Um, it's kind of like watching the Hatchet movies, the same kind of thing, except okay. uh, first one or the other ones. Uh, all four of them. Oh, okay. I like like how it balances story and humor. It's not a full on comedy, but it has comedy throughout. Oh, okay, I got you. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so definitely go fucking watch that movie. It was fantastic. Um, and tonight, guys, we are getting into our first episode in Horror Coliseum, Freddy vs. Jason, which will be an ongoing, long-running series. Uh, yes. That looks like it's going to be, at this current moment, is eight episodes long. And there could be an optional ninth where we kind of wrap up the Friday the 13th series. But tonight we start with Friday the 13th versus A Nightmare on Elm Street. We have already reviewed A Nightmare on Elm Street. So if you want to hear specifics on that whole movie, you can check that out. But we'll be going into some detail here also. Actually, what I think is I think you should stop right now and listen to our Nightmare on Elm Street. So that way you can hear how our minds have changed between now and then. Or then and now. Because I'm sure there's going to be some things that have changed in comparison well, to them. we must remind the fans that these horror coliseums are a look at the technical aspects of the movie. So whereas I, personally, on a subjective level, would choose Nightmare on Elm Street over Friday the 13th every single time, I actually went into it completely, well, as unbiased as I can be. I don't think it's possible for for people to completely make their brains unbiased, but I went as biased as I can. And so maybe people might be surprised by what I have to say. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I did the same thing where I tried to, uh, I tried to really take out anything that bought, like if, well, I'll put it this way. Actually, instead of taking out things that bothered me in Nightmare on Elm Street, 
I actually uh, decided to focus on more things that bother me in Friday the 13th to kind of balance that out. So oh, I, was, nice. I was stricter on Friday the 13th to balance it out. So That's cool. I'm interested. Uh, so we're going to start with Friday the 13th. All right. Let me pull my scores up for that. Got it. All right. So first we're going into story and I'm going to kick this off. I give the story for Friday the 13th a 7 out of 10. Uh, the story, while very basic, works really well. It is a revenge story. Uh, and that's always a good time. And the twist ending is actually a really good reveal. But after you see this once, the story kind of matters l- less and less every time you watch it. And you kind of realize that the story isn't anything fantastic. It's it's good. It's okay. But it's not going to blow you away. It's It's like... It's like getting a hand job on the first date when you expected a blow job. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I gave it a seven. Uh, Jay, what did you give it? I gave it an eight, basically for the same reasons as you. I just scored it a little bit higher because, like you said, it does it does work pretty well. I think um, there's little things that are that are dropped throughout the the movie that elude to the ending, but there's not enough information for you to really figure out what's going on, which is nice. Um, so, but overall, yeah, I think it's just a decent, you know, there's not much wrong with it, but it's not completely blow me away, but it's super, it's solid enough in my mind to warrant an eight. All right. Kenneth. I gave it a seven. I mean, cause you know, you pretty much said it. It's a hand job, not a blow job. So, you know, that's where yeah. I'm sticking. It's, satis- it's satisfying. It, I, I, it ends like, like I get the happy ending. It's just I mean, kinda, I imagine I imagine at the time when it came out, you know, before it, there was a shit ton of revenge type deals that like we, what we have now, I imagine it had more of an impact back in 1980. But now, I mean, oh, yeah, you know. well, here's the thing. When I saw this as a kid, it was straight up getting anal sex on the first date. But as you get older, you realize that uh, a pair of titties from National Geographic is like a Jenna Jameson porno when you're 15. You know, when you're, <laughs> when you're talking about, it. I like Jenna, I like, I like uh, National Geographic now. I know you like them pancakes. Uh, so hey, man, yeah. whatever works. <laughs> so all right, we go into character slash character development. I also gave this a seven. I don't feel like there is that much development for the characters, but they are established. And I feel like you do know their personalities with having it shoved in your face. And all in all, I think they all seem very, very natural. Uh, Kenneth. Uh, same. I gave it a seven. You know, hands off versus a blowjob. All right, Jay. That's the best <laughs> analogy ever, apparently. This is, uh, is going to just continue. Uh, I, I gave it an eight for the same reasons you guys gave it a seven. I just, I felt like they were all pretty solid. Um there wasn't it's pretty much the same reasons that i gave uh, the story in eight there wasn't anything like crazy amazing but everybody was easily established all their their personality traits seemed out there on display you could figure out you know how people would react and how they how they are as characters from the time we spend with them on screen all right pacing and editing i also gave this a seven. I think the movie moves right along with kill spreading, with the kill spread out, spread throughout. If I can fucking talk today, I've been talking all day. With you the kill spread talk. out throughout the movie, it never feels like it gets boring. It just constantly keeps going and going and going. And I never feel like it ever gets dull. Uh, Jay. 
Uh, same. I gave it an eight, though. Because <laughs> apparently I uh, I feel everything is one point higher than everybody else. Like I uh, said, yeah, I, no, went, I went It starts out hard. nice and easy. Um, two, two kids get it off camera right from the get-go. And then we jump ahead uh, oh, almost 20 years, right? 10, 15 years, something like that. Like, that was supposed to be a year after Jason drowned in 58. And then it's like 72 at the start of this or something like that. 72 no it's it's, it's not that does it take place in the year it was produced i believe so i believe it takes place in 81 or 80 81 so it's 30 years afterwards yeah jesus christ well either way we jump ahead to them opening the camp and then that moves right along and we get right into the uh the next set of deaths so i like you said i think it uh, it flows really well friday the 13th is not a series that's ever really worried about the continuity continue what the continuity the continuity pulling a jeremy that's a thing very little continuity in this movie Uh, that's that's it's a thing jeremy says i had to make fun of him real quick uh they never really worry about that in this series and it's one of the few series that i rarely ever see anyone actually give a shit um well i don't think they thought they were getting a sequel well that in general but yeah as they continue even when they continue when they know they're getting sequels they don't ever seem to care but yeah, anyway, uh, Kenneth, pacing and editing. Uh, I got to touch a titty, so I gave it a five. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to keep this analogy. So if I got a five, I mean, I at least got to touch a titty. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I'm just going to keep with this. You know what I'm saying? But uh, no, with the five, man, I mean, there were there were a couple of pe- uh, couple of places like like Jay said. I mean, it started off he- it started off heavy, but there was a couple of places where I just felt like it kind of just drug along. You know what I'm saying? And and I was just like, OK, you know, let's get to it, because the further you get down the line through the series and I hate to compare, but, you know, it picks up faster. I think the pacing's better. But uh, there was just a couple of places that I just felt like it drug along a little bit too much. But otherwise, it was pretty good. So, I mean, I gave it a five. All right. All right. Atmosphere. Uh, I finally leave the world of seven. I give Atmosphere a nine. I think this is where the movie really shines. The mystery, the music, the look. Uh, this is by far, to me, one of the best things in the movie. I, I think this movie truly has an amazing atmosphere. Kenneth. Um another hand job i gave it a seven i mean it was uh it was decent the uh, the atmosphere was pretty good i mean but you know uh there was this it was areas where it was just like you know i kind of feel the same way about it as i did about like sleepaway camp it was it, it was summer campy yeah but at the same time it wasn't one i didn't feel creeped out as much as i would have liked to so it didn't give me that extreme creepy vibe as as much as I would have liked. So, I mean, I gave it a seven, so it's still pretty decent. Seven? I thought you said you gave it a five. No, you gave no, pacing, pacing editing a five. five. Fuck, sorry. I was thinking about the hand job. Uh, Jay, <laughs> what did you... I'm, I'm also thinking about hand jobs. I would like one right now, please. Uh, scenery, where are we on? We're on atmosphere. 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 I gave it an eight. Um, it felt... It, it was set up as a bunch of uh, counselors repairing and opening a summer camp and that's exactly what it felt like it felt like a nice small town with you know the town crazy and the the one cop who takes his job a little bit too seriously and thinks he's top shit um the small town diner like it all just it all fit together really well to build this idea of what the area around camp crystal lake looks like and the camp itself very nice so now we move on to scenery set design uh once again 
I give it a nine. She let me hit. I had to wear a condom, but I got to hit. And uh, I don't really think there's any true flaws here. I think everything looks fantastic. Like Jay just said, it does feel like a camp. It does feel like a small town. The only reason I don't give it a 10 is because, honestly, they're getting off really easy. They don't have to do anything crazy in their scenery set design. Um, so, therefore... I didn't feel okay with giving them a 10. I felt like there was no, like, it's not like I had to, they had to try really hard to let me have sex, but, you know, they're going to make me wear a condom. Had they had done something a little extra to, to spice it up, maybe I would have been able to hit it raw dog, but I couldn't. So, uh, back to you, Jay, scenery set design. Uh, that got a nine for me for some of the same reasons I mentioned for the atmosphere. And I realized I kind of talked more about the set design than the atmosphere during the atmosphere uh, category. Uh, so just to piggyback off that really quick, like when the uh, when the storming was going on, I felt like that really set the tone for the buildup of the final, the finale. And so I thought that was good. But as far as the scenery set design goes, uh, yeah, like I said in the, the last category when I should have been talking about atmosphere, <laughs> it, it looks like it's supposed to look. So, but it just like there's not enough of it to be perfect in my opinion. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Kenneth. I gave it a seven, and it was because I focused a little more than you did on the same reasons. Is because, like I said, I mean, there was no, you know, I know it's difficult because I know what they did to make the movie. So it's like, you know, going going into it and and knowing the fact that they basically just went out there and started filming where it was. You know, they basically had everything there for them. All they needed was the cameras and the actors. So, you know, knowing that, that's the reason why I gave it a seven. I mean, it still looked good and it still had, you know, and it obviously was a summer camp. But so for all that, I mean, that's the reason why I got it got even higher than it did. But it still wasn't the greatest thing in the world to me. I've definitely seen better. Okay. Uh, we move on to acting. I gave acting an eight. Uh, most of the time, the acting is pretty spot on. While there's really nothing except for Betsy Palmer as Pamela Voorhees that really goes above and beyond, her acting does blow me away. And everyone else is just, they're solid. At no point do I feel like nobody takes me out of the movie for their acting. And to me... If you have no weak players and only one amazing player, you still did a fantastic job. So I gave it an eight. Kenneth. Same. I gave it an eight. I mean, I thought the characters were pretty good. They knew their roles. Uh, they were uh, the the actors knew their roles. They were doing pretty good. Um, obviously, Betsy Palmer. I mean, so overall, I mean, you know, like the uh, the cop. You know what I'm saying? The the king shit cop on the motorcycle. You know, <laughs> I thought I thought what he was trying to do was pretty funny. Um, you know, everybody else. I mean, the, the crazy thing is, is, is this type of movie pretty much sets up, you know, the, the, the stereotype of a horror movie like this. And I think that all of them, you know, do that fairly well, especially for, you know, being early on and setting it up, setting it up. I agree. Jay acting. I gave an eight, uh, oddly enough, this movie and nightmare on Elm street have early performances. Some from pretty big actors. We have, uh, uh, Kevin Bacon in this one and Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, like you said, Betsy Palmer, when she's actually on screen and is giving her little monologue is, is fucking fantastic. Everyone else was solid enough that it didn't detract from anything. Uh, so easy eight there. 
All right, we move on to special effects. I gave it an eight. I think they all look really good for an early 80s movie. In HD, you can, of course, see some flaws, but to me, they're all acceptable. I think the special effects here look better than they do, uh, you know, a year later in The Burning. Um, so I think Tom Savini did a great job, so I gave it a solid eight. Uh, Jay? Uh, also an eight. I thought they were the, the arrow through the uh, through the neck when he's like on the bed. That was really good. A uh, couple of slit throats. That was really good. And the ending decapitation was was very well done for the time, in my opinion. So yeah, good eight, good solid eight there. All right, Kenneth. I feel like I feel I feel like Kenneth's about to drop another hand. Feel a six. He's gonna be like I gave it. Oh, a six you think he's gonna go to a six? I don't like knives and throats. Okay, Kenneth. <laughs> what what what's your score? Hand job. It's a seven. I called it. Bam. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a seven. I mean, the uh, there were a couple of them that were really awesome. Like like Jay said, the arrow through the throat. That I I love that gag. I mean, that was a real good one. But um, you know, there were a couple of others that I didn't think were executed as well. Um, you know, like uh, seeing seeing dude up on the uh, with the arrow and everything going through him. And for some reason, I just do not like that scene in the shower where Chick takes the axe to the face. I just do not like it. I have never liked it. I don't. I don't like the way. I don't mm. like the the cinematography on it. I don't like the way the 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 whole aspect of it. How to, I think it was Tom Savini explains it that when the axe comes down and it hits the light, it's supposed to give it some substance. I just didn't like that. I didn't like none of that. And you I think that's Cunningham, you hack. I mean, so I just, I just, I, I just didn't care for it. That was one of those that I, I mean, it looked good when it was in her face, but other than that, I just didn't, I, I just didn't like it. When I was younger, I loved that scene. I thought the axe hitting the light, like, was so great, and everything. And I still like that scene, but now I notice that um, the axe hitting the light makes it look like they're not swinging the axe that hard at all. Right. You know, because you figure that light it would fucking goddamn, if you were swinging that axe the way you'd want to, especially to go into somebody's skull, that, that light would swing up and hit the damn ceiling. You know, and I, I mean, just overall, I just didn't dig it. You know, the only thing that I liked about that scene is to me, that was probably the creepiest on atmosphere scene was that bathroom because I've been in bathrooms at campgrounds like that before and it's creepy as shit in there. Other than that, I, I just didn't care for it. And I also didn't, I wish that we could have seen the actual kill of a uh, dude that was above Kevin Bacon, that dude's dead body. When the blood yeah. drops down, I wish we could have seen his kill. Yeah. Speaking of kills, let's go into uh, kills and gore. Uh, I gave this a nice classic Kenneth seven. Uh, AKA the hand job of doom. <laughs> Some really great ones, including of course the Kevin Bacon next stab. But I want to point out, um, while it's not a on-screen kill, uh, much like sleepaway camp, it is a great aftershot. And that's when the guy is hung to the door with arrows. While, you know, you don't get to see anything close up or anything. I just think it looks fucking awesome, the dude being hung up on the door with arrows. And that scene alone is one that I've just... It's probably, like, my favorite uh, scene in the movie. Um, Kenneth, kills and gore. I actually gave the kills an eight, which is odd because it's higher than the special effects. But I think the imaginativeness of them was great. Just the execution wasn't done as well. 
So if that makes sense of me splitting the two of uh, splitting the two of them, like you know, going back to the dude that was you know uh, fucked up above Kevin Bacon, the idea of how he died, because I mean, if you pause it right there, you can see how he died. The idea of that was great. The arrow through the throat. The idea of that was great. Uh, like you were saying, dude hung up on the door. I thought the idea of the death was fucking. I mean, that's just brutal. You know what I'm saying? So the imaginativeness of the uh, of the deaths was really really cool. It's just I didn't think I didn't think all of them were executed well. Okay, Jay. Uh, I gave it a seven. And I gave it a seven because while there were some really fun inventive kills, there was also I I wanted uh, I should have wrote it down, but I noticed it while I was watching it. There's two or three kills that were pretty much just somebody getting their their throat slit, and I was like, okay, now you're getting a little repetitive here. Let's uh let's let's switch it up. So that's why it got a seven from me. They were all they were all good, uh, but some of them were were a little repetitive in nature. I will give you that, and the only reason I'm even accepting of so many throat kills is because at the end of the movie, when you realize it's it's you know and Pamela Voorhees, and it's an <laughs> oh it's it's grandmother of the year, even <laughs> though she's only a mom, but she looks like a grandmother of the year. Like my grandmother straight up has that haircut. My other grandmother used to have that haircut. So I, I like so I yeah kinda, I totally could see my grandmother. You know, may she rest in peace. I could totally see my grandmother wearing a sweater like that. Yeah, dude, I think your mom. We should get your mom one. Yeah, my mom would fucking. My mom would be like, "What?" She'd rock it. She would rock it. I want to get your just mom because one. of just because of her love. But shit, her my mom's hair ain't gray yet. So just but just because of her love for Friday the Thirteenth, she'd probably rock it. That's true. All right, we move on to the monster, aka the killer. Um, I gave this a seven. Uh, of course, it's not Jason yet. It's his mom who runs the show here. Uh, she does a fine job, but it's something that only works once. There's no, it doesn't have. There's nothing iconic about it. It's a great twist, but it doesn't have longevity. So I could only give it a seven because it does fulfill its job. Jay. So I gave it an eight, and I gave it an eight because the setup is really good. So you have the opening scene which takes place a year after kids die. Then you have the exposition when uh, the chick's getting a ride from the dude, and he's like, oh, then it caught on fire, and those two kids died, and he's going over all these things. And then by the end of the movie, you realize that anytime anybody steps foot on fucking Camp Crystal Lake, she goes batshit and murders them all. So I think it's that setup mixed with the reveal. Like, yeah, the reveal is a one-time thing, but I still think that and the fact that she's doing it because her kid died is just altogether. That's that's why I gave it an eight. Fair enough. Uh, Kenneth. Hand job. <laughs> All right. The classic seven. Yeah, gave it a seven, man. I mean, granted, you know, I mean, pretty much the same things you said. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was cool it was whatever, but, you know, it wasn't like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. It wasn't. It wasn't monster. You get what I mean? Well, it's yeah. monster or killer, right? But you know, I I don't know. It just wasn't like I get it. I understand it. You know what I'm saying? I understand her revenge thing and all the rest of that stuff. But it just wasn't. I don't know. It just didn't have the, so, the solid. You know, you know, butt sex fucking impact. Fair enough. All right, we move on to Hero. 
I gave the hero a six. Um, I've always thought Alice was bland. She's okay, but she's nothing special to me. Uh, there are better final girls in the series. The next movie has a way better final girl. Um, I and Alex, Alice like is just generically happens to be the last one surviving. You know what I mean? Like it just, so while she fits the role of a final girl. I don't see anything special about her. Um, Kenneth? I actually gave her an 8. I liked her. Really? You got a blowjob from her? Yeah, I did. I liked her, man. Yeah, she did it for me. I mean, I liked her. You know what I'm saying? I think she fit into the final girl you know, aspect of it. I mean, I, I, I liked her. You know what I'm saying? All right. Jay? Uh, I also gave her an 8. Uh, she was pretty average up until the end when she realized what was going on, and then she like dug deep and super saned it up and was like, "All right, fuck her, uh, axe to the head." Then if that's what it takes. <laughs> uh, so I just, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed her her change. I mean, I guess it could have been done a little bit better over time, but uh, I like the way that she took control of the situation when she realized how dire it actually was, and so that's why I gave her an eight. All right, well, we move on to score soundtrack, and I'm going to use a song to uh, have y'all guess what my rating. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, uh, I like it raw. That's right. I went in raw, right, Totally butt sex, I'm telling you. Uh, you know what? I, I would say uh, it's equal. A 10 can either be butt sex, but if you're not in butt sex, it can also be, uh, you know, no condom fucking. I'm down with no condom fucking for a 10. Um, and that's what happened. I went in raw. Uh, the soundtrack to this is fucking iconic. It really pumps you up throughout the movie. It When it wants it to be mysterious, it, it, it gives that nice vibe. And then when shit starts going down, it knows when to pump you up. I just, I love the soundtrack for this movie. Um, Jay, go ahead. Uh, so I gave it a seven. I thought it was fine. I thought the music, like the actual score part of it was was done well enough. I don't feel like any of the the music itself was enough that like I I couldn't pick out a Friday the thirteenth song if you played it for me out of you know out of three. Uh, but the the iconic kill 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 ma 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 uh, was invented for this movie and that lasted for twelve movies after it and so that's uh that's part of why it got a seven for me but i thought the rest of the music was just was just okay like it wasn't anything to write home about wow uh kenneth i already said mine score soundtrack yeah i said it i was just like right when you said yours i was like totally about sex oh oh okay so you're you're a 10 with me also fuck yeah man i mean damn it's iconic it damn you know what I'm saying? It totally fit the mood. Uh, uh, I, honestly, I got to say, the score give added more to the atmosphere than any of the cinematography for me. Wow. I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, I'm with you there. Now we move on to Scare Factor. Um, I gave this an 8 because this was scary to me as a kid. It was a real person murdering all these people in the woods. The atmosphere... It sucks you in, and the music cues drove my heart rate. Uh, so I did rate this based off the fact that this did scare me as a kid. And I could see in the right setting, like, I'm saying, if, like, 
Say you live somewhere where you've got woods behind you and you get a projector outside and you put on Friday the 13th and, you know. Like my mom's house. Yeah, like you went to like Kenna's mom's house um, or even like my dad's house, like where you're surrounded by woods and you watch this. Oh, dude, your dad's house where I met you. Oh, God, yes. That would have been, those woods already seemed like an axe murderer lived in there. Yeah, I was uh, so tore up in front of your house one time. Oh my god, it was awesome. Uh, remember that time <laughs> we smoked weed out of that Dr Pepper can over in the woods? What the fuck? <laughs> I remember what? getting a kidney stone at your house. I had my first kidney stone in that house, yeah, and I then I had kidney. my second kidney stone in your apartment. Yep, yep. You remember, damn, uh, Mark had to come. Was Mark already there, or did he have to come get me to take me to the hospital? Uh, I think he he was he came and got you, but he was already on the way to hang out with us. Cause if I remember correctly, wasn't that during the time where we were writing uh raps for our three person rap group? It may have been. Uh, so I think all he was I, on his way. All I remember we had a writing is I had session. just gotten done nailing this chick, and then all of a sudden I had a kidney stone, like literally right after it, like right after I got finished. Kidney stones, the worst STDs. <laughs> yeah for real it's all uh, a movement it busts them loose yeah for real so i gave it an eight uh kenneth what did you give scare factor i gave scare factor a nine wow. but i mean you know even like i said even though the atmosphere wasn't that great to me and the scenery and the set you know what i'm saying i didn't really give a high score between the between the score itself and the idea that this 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 story is totally plausible between those two things oh yeah and then if you really uh, try to put yourself in the position of the characters, you know what I'm saying? It's really strange to me that you gave Scare Factor such a high rating when earlier you said the movie doesn't creep you out. But like I said, I mean, it's just like, like I said, the atmosphere didn't creep me out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's hard to describe. It's It's taking... The atmosphere itself, being technical about it, being technical about the atmosphere, that doesn't creep me out. The idea of it is what creeps me out because it's like, OK, you know, I can be sitting there and I can be watching a movie and I can look at it and I and I can see it. And, you know, it may not be creepy to me at all. You know what I'm saying? I can be watching a, a fucking anime that looks great and it not be creepy. But the idea of it is scary. If okay. That makes sense. I, yeah, I can get behind that. All right, Jay, scare factor. Uh, scare factor got a six. I just don't find it all that scary. Uh, it, it is plausible, but I have a I I've always had a hard time being scared by horror movies. Uh, I get creeped out. I don't know, man. I you live dis- up in the Pacific Northwest. I Think about disturbed. what it'd be like. I can be emotionally affected, what? but Would I've you... never actually been. I don't ever remember a time where a horror movie has scared me. Oh, fuck that, man. When I was a kid, I got tons of them that scared no, me. Oh, even then. I'm pretty sure I might be a sociopath. No. I, <laughs> wait, didn't you have a story about being scared by the movie, by seeing a scene in the movie Misery? I wasn't scared by it. It freaked me out watching a realistic leg get it broke like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was fucked up. But, right. I mean, if I lived up where you lived, Jay... I'd I'd be even more afraid. I would be afraid of wilderness. In the woods. It's it's my logical brain will not let me be scared by a situation I've literally never heard about in real life. I'm, I'm sorry, dude. The wilderness up there, man, where you live, where the fucking forest is like it looks like it's alive. Yeah, you have to drive to get there. I live in the middle of a fucking city. 
Well, hell, even then, there's city serial killers too, bro. Jason <laughs> takes Manhattan, just, homie. Yeah. I'm uh, just saying. Freddy Krueger. I, I have a hard time being scared by things, and there wasn't right. anything in this movie that I would consider particularly scary besides the situation itself, and that's why it's still got a six. You know what? I bet, I bet he rates the scare factor in Nightmare on Elm Street much higher. Uh, we'll see. We'll, all I right, have and, reasons for my ratings, at least. <laughs> I'm not just willy-nilly. Uh, that is true. You are not willy nilly. <laughs> uh, all right, entertainment. I gave it the hand job seven. Uh, it just isn't as fun of a watch now as it used to be for me. It's still a good time, but it's not going to be in my you know go to Friday the Thirteenth movies. It's but it is one that I will say has one some of the best atmosphere and. The, between the soundtrack and all that, it is something that I will probably watch once a year for the rest of my life. Um, so with that, we'll go to Jay Entertainment. Entertainment, I gave a seven. Uh, pretty much same reasons as you. It's it's entertaining. It's not the best Friday, but it's not the worst Friday. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much everything that you said. All right, Kenneth. I actually gave it a nine, and it's solely based on my enjoyment of watching it today. Wow. Yeah, I watched it today, and, you know, I had a couple of friends come over while I was watching it, and I, we all just entertained ourselves while we were watching it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and the same time with, you know, their kid, you know, she's 10, and we ha- I found the, the, you know, cover your eyes and, and go to the other room and that kind of stuff. I found that to be fun. I mean, it just reminded me of watching horror movies when I was a kid, you know, or, or, or when you're in your early teens where you and a bunch of your friends get together and they're watching it. And like I said, it was solely based on that because I enjoyed, you know, sitting down with my friend James and, and his wife, Sheree, and, and, and telling his kid to go in the other room and cover her eyes or earmuffs or any of the rest of that shit. That whole experience was just fun. Fair enough. I, I can get behind that. All right, we move on to rewatchability. Now, entertainment and rewatchability, much like uh, Kills Gore and special effects, they all kind of intertwine, but we separate them because, like, much like how Kenneth, uh, while he didn't give special effects high, he did actually enjoy the kill, so we rated it slightly different. And that's how I am for entertainment rewatchability. My rewatchability is actually a, only a six compared to my entertainment being a seven. And that's because. When I watch Friday the 13th now, I really I don't think there's anything else new for me to find in that movie. I don't think th- I don't watch it and go, "Oh, I found a new thing or I saw a new thing." It just hasn't happened in, you know, my past two or three watches. So, when that starts happening, I I kind of realize that the rewatchability is starting to go down. So, I I only gave it a 6, Kenneth. Give me a hand job. Okay, 7. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's decent. It's not. I kind of agree with you. You know what I'm saying. Once you've seen it once or a thousand times, like probably you and I both have. You know what I'm saying, and probably Jay too. I don't know how many times Jay's seen it, but I know between me and you, Jerry, we've seen it a shitload. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying. So it's just like the rewatchability at this point in time in my life is a lot more is a lot lower than it used to be, just because. You know, I've seen it so many damn times. I mean, honestly, I probably could have done this podcast without watching the movie. You know what I'm saying? I could have done it, and I could have scored it without watching it. 
Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I, you know, I agree. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the rewatchability at this current moment in time in my life is a lot more difficult than it used to be. Yeah. Like, for instance, had we not been doing it, doing it for the podcast, I probably would not have watched it anytime soon. Yeah. It, to be honest, I could have just closed my eyes and thought about it and, watch, and I could have watched the movie. Right. You know, it's like Back to the Future to me, even though Back to the Future is a little bit has a little bit, you know, more of an entertaining or whatever else. But it's like Back to the Future to me, man. I can close my eyes and fucking replay the whole goddamn movie. Fair enough. All right, Jay, rewatchability. Uh, I gave it an eight. So I used to rank this uh, fairly low out of all 12 movies. Um, but after rewatching it, I realized that it is uh, not as not as low as it sh- as I remember it being, and so I gave it an eight. It's it's one I'll probably revisit over a couple of the other ones uh, after rewatching it with an ob- an ob- uh, objective mind. I feel like uh, that I feel like that's how Kenneth and I used to be, where we would definitely watch more. But uh, as you continue to watch it, I think you'll start moving closer to where we're at. So I actually really like that you're in that place where you're like, you know what? This movie's better than I thought it would, and I, I actually want to rewatch it again. I think that's pretty dope. All right, so pop culture. We are at the last topic. Pop culture. I gave it a nine. Uh, I don't feel like you have to explain this. It birthed the franchise, but I take one point off of it because when you talk about Friday the 13th, you talk about Jason Voorhees. And at this point, you don't have Jason Voorhees. Um, you, you've got the kid at the end. You've got the idea of it from the mother. But you do not have Jason. You've got the name. You've got the, uh, the, the how the films will be done. How the cinematography will be done. How the script's going to be done. All of that is, is based in this movie. But you do not have Jason, so I can only give it a 9. Jay. Ah, so I gave it a 10. And I gave it a 10 because while it doesn't have Jason and everybody loves Jason, uh, without it, we wouldn't have a Jason. This movie also set up a ton of tropes uh, that are used in slashers that we still see today. So I just feel like with with the fact that it started the franchise... And without it, we wouldn't have had one of the most iconic slashers uh, in horror in general. Uh, so I, that's why I gave it a 10. Fair enough, Kenneth. Same thing. I gave it a 10. And the reason why I gave it a 10 is because Friday the 13th is Friday the 13th. Even though the hockey mask and Jason is 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 the main part of the, the, the pop culture craze, I still give it a 10 because of the fact that we are now at a position where the pop culture status of the Friday the 13th franchise is so high that everybody knows. It was different in like the, the mid-90s, you know what I'm saying? But then when Scream came out and, and you know, uh, at the beginning of the movie, he asks uh, uh, Drew Barrymore, you know, who's the killer in Friday the 13th? And she screams out, jason and gets and gets it wrong and he says nope it was jason's mother in the first movie you know what i'm saying so i've seen that movie a hundred times right exactly you know so so at that point and then as as the movies further progressed when we started getting you know absolute atrocities like jason goes to hell and then jason x and so on and so jason forth jason x is phenomenal I was fitness. Oh, I was fixing to say I'm not calling Jason X an atrocity. I'm okay, calling Jason good. goes to hell an atrocity. So make let me make okay. that clear. 
But we're, we're going to skip right to that episode. All right, my ranking. <laughs> right, but as but as you go on, and then so on and so forth, and then with the with the remake, man, we all know that the everybody that knows anything about Friday the Thirteenth and hell, people that don't know that it was Jason's mom at the beginning. So now I honestly think that the this movie with the rest of the franchise is even more elevated than it used to be. Fair and enough. So that's the reason I gave it a ten. All right, guys, let's get down to final scores. So my final score for Friday the 13th ended up being 115 points out of 150. Jay, what was yours? 118, if I did the math right. I believe you did. And Kenneth? 116, if I did the math right. All right, so I come in the lowest at 115, and Jay comes in the highest at 118. That's pretty fucking surprising. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, these are, like, we're literally talking about my two favorite horror series ever. The crazy thing is, is how close we all are. We are all in the teens for the hundreds right now. All of us. You and I, Jerry, are one uh, one point apart. And Jay is only, what, two uh, two points above me? Yeah. I mean, so we're literally right in the line of five points between us. Wow, that's a good point. Well, we with that damn being, close. Yeah, we are really, really close. All right, so now it's time to get in A Nightmare on Elm Street. So Nightmare on Elm Street is a movie that we actually have already covered in depth, but uh, we didn't break it down like this. So let's go story. I gave the story an eight. I think the story is great. I just don't think it was executed correctly in the movie. But I will say I think the... <coughs> Man, I just started talking bad about them. I was about to ta- start talking bad about it, and that's when Jay starts coughing. Oh, sorry. I thought it's, I muted. I didn't it's, hit the button. It's, I'm sorry. It's like he he knew. Um, <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> the ending is just for this story is fucking awful. This is a, a movie where... The, uh, the, the jumping is great. They do a bunch of flips, but then they belly flop into the water for me. Um, so Jay story. Uh, oddly enough, I also gave it an eight. Um, so I kind of watched it, the whole movie, this in mind with everything we talked about during the Nightmare on Elm Street episode and everything you've made fun of since then. Uh, and it's not so much the ending, but it is what you mentioned before where they can't really, they don't really clarify the rules of how Freddy operates. And that makes some of the scenes in the movie really, really silly, especially like when her mom dies. It's just, it's just everything that happens just doesn't make any sense. So with that in mind, I gave it an eight. All right. Kenneth. Same thing. I gave it an eight. I mean, I thought it was good. I, I like the aspect of where they were going with the character of Freddy Krueger. But overall, I mean, you know, it wasn't a solid story. There definitely was some holes. So I kind of, you know, I gave it an eight. Yeah. Just because of the imaginativeness of the idea behind Freddy and what he was and what he was doing. I, I like that. I just kind of agree with you. It wasn't executed as well as it could have been. Yeah, it's definitely that imagination, that creativity that makes me give it an eight. You can't take that away from it. So next we move on to character development. I gave this a five. I hate the fucking main character. Uh, (laughs) 
and hating the main character, that's a bad move for this movie. Uh, killing off the most likable character early on didn't work for me. Uh, this is him pulling his scream before scream, uh, except it backfired. It does not work. I, I much would have rather have stayed with her. Uh, there is development, but it's more of along the lines of just getting the story to move forward and less for the characters. And, uh, I pretty much hate almost all the characters. So Kenneth. I gave it a six. I, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot there. I mean, I give it, I give it the six, and the reason why I didn't give it lower is because of the fact that the characters move the story along. But you know, I mean, they weren't the greatest in the world. I actually was more, you know, more attached to the to the characters in the other movie. So it was like, eh, you know, yeah, I I didn't give a shit whether they died. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would have gave it lower, but it moved the story along. So that's the reason why I kind of t- kept it, at, you know. Kept it at six. Fair enough. Jay. All right. So I gave it an eight. And I gave it an eight mostly because of Freddy and the story surrounding uh, what the parents did to him. Uh, I So her terrible acting aside, I do like Nancy's uh, evolution as a character. I like that she goes from like this just helpless teenage girl to setting up fucking anti-personnel traps in her house and like telling everybody she's like all right you stupid ass johnny depp listen to me i'm gonna go fuck this guy up and i want you to help me do it so i just that i kind of like that i like her evolution regardless of how she portrays it as an actress i've gotta i've gotta disagree there i don't think she starts off as helpless i don't ever see her as helpless um well just an average teenage girl like i i just don't see it as an evolution i think she's quite the same person at the beginning of the movie as she is when she's fighting freddy krueger i feel like like she doesn't go through a character change she just uh fights back but i it doesn't feel to me it doesn't feel like there's she's fighting back because she develops some sense of courage she's calling her mom out on bullshit early on in the movie like mm, she, she's calling point. out the cop her dad early on in the movie she's <laughs> calling out her boyfriend early on in the fucking movie she has the the courage early on in the movie to say you know what i believe my juvenile delinquent friend who's in jail right now i mean how um, she's got courage at the beginning of the movie good point but she I can't alter my score, so that's true. Made points in the last. <laughs> my bad. I mean, she's even got courage at the beginning of the movie when you know Glenn's trying to get it with her, and she fucking's like, "Nope, we're here for Tina," even though Tina's upstairs getting the shit fucked out of her. That's yeah. because there's no way they're actually dating. That is the biggest bullshit of a relig- of a relationship ever. I'm almost positive that at that point Nancy was super into Tina. And was only what? with Johnny Depp. Was only no, with Johnny Depp. Part two, her diary clearly shows that she wanted Depp's dick. Yeah, but she she even comes off lesbian-ish in the third one. She is a lesbian. Get out of here. I mean, straight up. I, I honestly 100% agree with Jerry's theory. Because it really does seem that way. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you know, you could you could see that the way she fucking really goes down, spirals down the rabbit hole is not only based for her fear for Freddie, but at the same time, she's absolutely 100% distraught over losing the love of her life. I completely agree with Jerry. Okay. Yeah, right, that's fair. 
She probably wrote in her diary that she was into Glenn to throw off her parents who might be snooping. Uh, <laughs> but no, she's into Tina, and that's why she's so into going and finding out who killed Tina and all this shit. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, where? Okay, we're into pacing and editing now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I gave this a six. I feel like the movie really starts to drag in the middle of it. And the ending is just a fucking confusing clusterfuck of a mess. Um, so, like, it, it it starts off really strong, then gets really slow, and then kind of ends in this, this weird uh, combination of fast what the fuck is going on. But also kind of oddly slow as we watch a skeleton just kind of float slowly down in the bed and and all this shit. I, I just don't like the pacing and editing of this movie. Um, Jay. Uh, I gave it an eight. But it sounds like I should have not given it an eight after <laughs> hearing the things you said. I don't know. I didn't feel like I just. I, yeah, there are some parts where it's just like like exposition on top of exposition. But I didn't feel like it slowed anything down to me. I still feel like the kills were spread out really well. Um, and, yeah, I just... I, it didn't feel slow to me, regardless of... So I agree with your points. It just didn't feel like that affected it as much how, as it affected it. How many people actually, like, die in this movie before her mom? Like, or Tina... Mom, Tina... Or? Uh, I, I, I'm at three. The th- her three... Tina... Tina's Tina, del- Rod, and Johnny. Yeah, that's or it. Flynn. Like I like yeah, that's a right. pretty low body count. And while I will say, I will agree, it is spread out. Um, I, like, but a I, lot of them are done in really, really uh, grandiose fashion. I'll, I'll give you that. We'll get to that soon. Um, so I'll give you that, Kenneth. I gave it a five. Okay, so you're more along lines of me. Yeah, I mean, because it's like, I agree with you. It started off real strong, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you got some great special effects with with uh, Tina's Nightmare. We'll get into that in a minute. You got that part of it, and then, damn, she wakes up. You got the little part, and then, the bam, when she dies. But after that, I mean, it just kind of fucking slows down to a snail's crawl, man, where I'm sitting there, and it's like, don't get me wrong, there's some cool spots, but at the same time, I'm just like, fucking come on. Let's get going here. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's one of those times where generally I'm all for the middle part of the movie being where, you know, you learn the backstory and everything else like that. But they did a fucking shitty job portraying it in the middle of this one. I agree with you there. All right, let's get into atmosphere. I actually gave atmosphere an eight. If there's one thing that this movie does right, it is setting up that dreamlike atmosphere. In fact, the only reason I didn't give it a 10 is because sometimes that atmosphere that they do such a good job on does such a good job, I don't know what a what's a dream and what's real life. Uh, now, to their credit, that is most likely what they were going for, but it usually will lead me into thinking about the rules of Freddy, and that when I do that, it takes me out of the movie and then loses some of its atmosphere for me. So it's a weird thing for me because what I applaud them for uh, that they do with the atmosphere leads me to something that takes me out of the atmosphere. It's very odd. Kenneth. 
I gave it an eight. I mean, I liked it uh, a lot of the same reasons that that you did. I mean, the 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 feeling of the creepiness inside the dream world, you know, the darkness, the 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 movements of of things and the tone of how it looks like especially when uh at the close to the beginning when tina's having her nightmare and you see freddie walking down the uh the alleyway and they do that that arm stretching out thing which i'm kind of torn on um that the look of that was really creepy and then the inside of the boiler room to me is fucking creepy as shit so and then also the the when when the scene happens where uh tina's in the body bag in the hallway you know, and, and, and fucking Nancy's looking at her. That yep. was really fucking creepy. That, I mean, they did a good job at, at, at giving you that, that really just fucked up kind of feeling. I agree. Jay. Uh, I also gave it an eight. Pretty much you guys hit it on the head. Wow. Uh, we all three gave it an eight. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm as smart as you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. The dream, the dream sequences all really felt really, like, I can picture that stuff as being a nightmare that I would have. So it was easier to uh, to imagine that kind of stuff. Um, I could see how that the imagery used in the movie would be similar to imagery at people see for real in their nightmares. So that and then, yeah, that, that's just what else you guys said. All right. We move on to scenery set design. I give this an eight because there are multiple sets. All of them fit. All of them work. And unlike Friday the 13th, they actually do have to do some things with their sets and with their scenery that, you know, is a risk that could have looked bad, but they always work. So I, I have to to give it an A. I think the only thing that would have bumped it to a 10 is if we got to see some more imaginative dream worlds um, where it is less realistic. Like, for instance, what we'll see coming up in part three. Um, that's where I feel like you get a lot of that crazy shit, but in this one, it's much more down to earth because they had that you know much smaller budget and everything like that. But I think they do a, a good job of it. Jay, uh, same thing, eight of eight, just because it, uh, like you said, the house, the house is fucking iconic. That lasts through the whole series, but the boiler room set is really good. Um, I'm sure it looked like they shot inside of a real school as opposed to, to building a school set, but. Just all the locations that they shot in looked like they were supposed to, and you felt like you were there um, in the areas they were trying to portray. Yeah. All right, Kenneth? I gave it a nine. I thought the scenery and the sets were fucking great. I thought the uh, – the the I think in this one, and this, this will kind of go in with the atmosphere a little bit, but I think that in this, it was a lot more of making me feel like I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm watching it, I feel like that I'm in a school. I feel like that I'm in what a real boiler room would feel like. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, the the thought process behind each one of these areas that they're at. And then also the set construction where knowing what I know about the set where Tina got killed. I mean, that's just fucking cool. You know what I'm saying? Where they fucking build it and they spun it around. And that'll kind of go into my special effects. But, you know, knowing that about the set, I mean, that was just that, that was just fucking rad to me. 
you know what I'm saying? And then there, there are other aspects of it, you know what I mean? That, that I just thought were cool. Like the, again, the, the, uh, the alleyway where he was walking at, you know what I'm saying? The front yard where, where he's kind of jumping out behind from behind shit when he's chasing Tina, all that shit together, man. I thought the scenery and the sets were perfect. They did a really good job of thinking of these different locations for what they were trying to accomplish. All right. All right, we go into acting. No surprise here, I give it a five. Um, and the only reason it even gets a five is because there are two good actors in this movie, and that is Robert England and John Saxton. Both of them do a good job. There are a few times where I don't like things that Freddie does because they don't work for me, but none of that has to do with his acting. Um, everyone else in this movie fucking sucks or is mediocre at best um your main actress heather lankencamp as nancy is just terrible she is the reason that i don't like this movie that i've never been able to get into it and i deplore her acting every chance i get she does get better in a new nightmare but and she, yeah, a little bit better in three. But as for this movie, fucking thumbs down, man. Uh, Kenneth. I gave it a seven. And that, the only reason why I got why I got a hand job out of it, man, is just because of the same fact, because of John Saxon and Robert England. That was it. And I agree with you. I gave a five to the rest of the other actors. You know what I'm saying? Because, damn, you know, I didn't. Even, and, and for Johnny Depp to have went as far as he has went and this to be his stepping stone. I didn't even I didn't even care for his. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't like it. And then and then on top of that, you know, uh, the dude that plays Rod's attempt to impersonate a Italian guy, which unfortunately they had to do that for him, which sucks. But him having to impersonate an Italian guy did a shitty job. You know what I'm saying? And I, I overall, I just thought it was. I, I just I, I thought that the acting was terrible outside of those two. Yeah, Jake. Uh, I gave it a six, but for the same reason you guys did. Uh, Robert England, John Saxon, both great actors. Uh, both brought their A game for this. Everyone else was kind of like, uh, okay, you're here. And you messaged me uh, the other day and told me. <laughs> You can no longer ignore that Nancy has her mouth open the whole movie yep. because of me yep. pointing it out. Yep, and then I, started, I looked at it and I was like, God damn it, she does. Every <laughs> fucking scene, even when she's talking, she doesn't close her mouth. She's nope. like, I, I wish I could show you a video of me talking right now because she's like, I want to go to school and like her lips don't ever fucking meet. Like, what are you doing? I think she's hot. So well, I, I don't West, I even allow this. Open. There's better acting in fucking Last House on the Left. How do <laughs> you allow this? <laughs> Holy shit! Woo! Um. Wow. Fuck me. All right. Special effects. God damn, that was good, Jay. Uh, special effects. I gave this a seven, and I know it's gonna be a little bit controversial, cause to me it's mixed. There are two that are done well, perfect. Ten out of tens. And that is, of course, uh, Tina's death scene and Johnny Death's death scene. Well, okay. Tina's death scene once she hits the ceiling. I still maintain the slashes on her stomach look fucking awful. Uh, Johnny Depp's uh, death scene was fantastic. 
Um, special effects done, fantastic. But most of the other kills in the movie and things that pertain to special effects, like the marshmallow stairs, I don't like. Um, I, I don't, I, I fucking hate the Stretch Armstrong Freddy Krueger scene. Him with his arms all stretched out walking down there. It looks so fucking fake. It looks terrible. I don't see how people like that scene. It's awful. Um, I it really, I, re, I just do not, I think all the special effects went into two scenes and then the rest were mediocre at best. So I, I really only give it a seven because most of them fall flat for me. Jay, go ahead. All right, I gave it a nine. I gave it a nine because the special effects are not just the kills. We have those two amazing kills that you already mentioned. The uh, rod getting hung by his sheets. Eh, still kind of, like, it's kind of cool that they were able to do it practically to make it look like the sheet was moving on its own, but still kind of eh. Um, however, special effects are not just the kills. We've got Robert England's makeup, which I personally think is fantastic. Um, I like the marshmallow stairs. I feel like that's something where... That's because you want to eat the marshmallows. Get the fuck I out of here. don't even like marshmallows, actually, uh, as a food. Never mind, um, that joke didn't but, work. <laughs> but no, like, um, if you're having a dream about running away from someone, that's absolutely something that could happen. And I thought it was done I, well enough. If I, I'm going to talk about, like... Uh, dreams and marshmallows, I'm going to somehow find a way to just tie it into Ghostbusters and go that route. That's fair. But I'm just saying I, it it didn't bother me. Um, I didn't like her mom's death at the end. I thought that was, it just looked silly and it didn't make any sense within the realm of the story. Um, I didn't really have a problem with, I can see how the arms would be silly, but I can also see how from the perspective of the character, him making it so you can't run past him because he's blocked off your escape is is terrifying. So kind of a double edge, but that's why it's not a perfect 10 for me. So that's why I gave it a nine. All right, Kenneth. I gave it a nine. I thought Robert England's makeup looked fucking superb. Um, especially for the times, what they were going for, you know what I'm saying? I mean, to make him look like he was a pepperoni pizza, you know what I'm saying? I think it looked fantastic. Um, I thought that looked great. The spinning, like I said earlier, the spinning of the fucking room to do Tina's death scene and to do Johnny Depp's death scene was, I, I thought those were amazing. And then on top of that, for Johnny Depp's death scene, damn, uh, you know, when you get electrocuted for the special effects, I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? And people got electrocuted doing that. But the practical, going back to what he was saying about the sheet, I, I think that deserves more credit. Even though, you know, he, he said the reason why I deserve credit because it was a practical effect to make it look like that. But I think it deserved more credit than that. Because for the time period, man, I thought it looked fantastic. You know, and, and that genuinely was creepy. You know, uh, the, the stretch arms thing, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in between on. Because it's like, I can understand where they were going for it. But I kind of agree with you that it was poorly executed. You know, um, but the, like when the tearing of the face off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where where Tina where Tina leans up and rips his face off, and it's just weird. It, it's this weird fucking robotic, crazy looking skull up underneath. That's why I don't like it. Is because it <laughs> looks robotic. Yeah, see, I like that. I thought it looked cool because it's like it didn't look it it didn't look completely natural to me. 
And that's what I thought. That's the reason why I liked it. But unfortunately you know for me, saying? it not looking natural made it look fake. Like I said, to each his own. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but that's those are the reasons why I gave it a nine. Right. Okay, I'll, because I'll give know. it to y'all. I should have probably raised this to an eight because I I do feel like I did not take in Freddie's makeup. I should have given that more more of its due. So well, in the okay, future, the out since I was supposed to give it lower scores. So yeah. Some of the so in the future, I will pro I will go up to an eight on that. But with that, we move into kills and gore. Um, I go in, I go in a seven here, uh, cause I really don't like, there's two kills you absolutely can't complain about. My problem is, is that they overshadow the other kills but really now that i think about it there's not that many kills in here so half your kills well a little under half because there's what three deaths you could say uh after those two tina uh tina uh delinquent delinquent uh johnny depp and uh drunk whore mother it's those four deaths right that's it yeah okay yes two of those deaths are absolutely fantastic. One is is okay, and then the other one is awful. The problem is, is when I think about that, you only have four kills in this movie. That's it. Um, and Tina's death scene, the kill isn't what's good. It's the special effect of her flying around. Her dying, she just gets cut, cut up in all reality. Um, uh, Johnny Depp, I can't complain there. That, that's a fantastic fucking death. It's, it's deathbed, the bed that eats, basically. Uh, it's great. Uh, the hanging, I, I think Kenneth swayed me a little bit more on that. Maybe I will go back and take a second look at that one and be like, you know what, maybe that's better than it should be. Um, I, I heard either time the mom dies, both of them suck. They, while the, the skeleton floating down looks kind of cool it's not like it's kind of like an off-screen death and then her going through the window death is also meh so i i really only give it a seven kenneth go ahead i gave it a nine and the reason why i gave him a nine is because of the intensity of the kills that's what i gave him the nine for because in this one it's to me it's it's more based around terror than anything else I mean, don't get me wrong. And Friday, you know, you got people getting chased around by somebody and they're trying not to get killed. But at, look at the differences between the two of them. I mean, I mean, if you look at we'll take Tina's death scene, for instance. OK, she is getting played with by this killer that she cannot see. And and and, and her and, and her boyfriend is right there, right there within within a fucking a foot of being able to reach her and she's staring down at him and she wants his help and she cannot get it. She absolutely cannot get it. She's sitting there and she's reaching out for him basically in her mind, screaming, pleading, wanting her boyfriend to help her. And he can't. And the next thing you know, she's getting slashed open. Blood's going everywhere. She's getting spun around and then she just drops into a pool of her own blood and she's dead. And then you go to Rod's kill scene 
where he's sitting there, he's asleep, he's already been through the trauma of watching his old lady die, and then after that, he goes to jail, he's he's sitting there, and he's thinking to himself, he's all fucked up, he's thinking about, damn, what's going on, and all the rest of this other shit, and the next thing you know, he's got a sheet wrapped around his neck, and, and, and it is crushing his neck, something else that he really cannot see. He just knows that he's about to die, and he can't do anything about it. And then the third one, of the, the one that tops it all off, is Johnny Depp's death. The imaginativeness of that. Can you can you even fathom what that would be like, man? You're sitting there, you're laying there, and the next thing you know, you're fucking goddamn getting sucked down into your bed. And the killing, the 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 thought, the thing that really gets me about his death that just makes it fucked up to me is the fact that you hear him scream for his mom. He for- screams for his mom, and can't do nothing about it, and he just gets sucked down in it. The, 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 the all three of those are just fucked up and terrifying. To think about it, if you were in it, it's just it, it, that's the reason why I got a nine, because those deaths were so imaginative to me. Executed well or not, the de- the the imaginativeness of the kills was a fucking amazing, and it would have got a ten if they hadn't fucked up on the mom. Okay, Jay. Uh, I gave it a nine. I gave it a nine because the category is kills and gore, and. The amount of fucking fake blood for Johnny Death's Johnny uh, the fucking Jack Sparrow's death was <laughs> was fantastic. And then watching her get cut up and dragged across the ceiling is is iconic. It's it's fucking iconic. Both of those kills, even if those were the only two, are are iconic. So yeah, the uh, the the strangling was a little less pronounced, but like I said, I enjoyed the effect. And the mom was really stupid, which is probably the same as Kenneth White doesn't get a 10. But those two kills alone are almost worth watching the movie, in my opinion. Um, So that's why I gave them a 9. Fair enough. All right, we move to Monster Slash Killer. Uh, I gave this a 7. Everyone knows I don't like Freddy. He doesn't work for me. The whole, even in this movie, the bouncing between the goofiness and the scariness just has never worked for me. I don't like the arm strong, the arm long scene. I hate, I fucking hate the scene where he cuts off his fingers and he's got that fucking stupid fucking look on his face. Like, hey, look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm so fucking edgy. No, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate that scene. Oh my God. That scene is, is almost as bad as any scene with Nancy and her mom together. <laughs> almost um so freddy just never works for me uh and w- him getting his ass kicked by nancy this entire movie just makes me go i can under anyone who sits here and wants to tell me that home alone isn't realistic fuck you because this chick beat a dream demon with the same exact uh pranks that this kid beat two New York street thugs up with. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I give him a seven because there are things I do like about him that I'm sure y'all will bring up. And there is an icon status to him. And I do believe credit is credits deserved here when it's due, it's due and the checks in the mail. So I give him a seven J. Uh, I gave him a nine. I gave him a nine because he's iconic. I gave him a nine because he's like super fucking creepy in this. 
the finger thing may not have worked for you, but can you imagine actually watching someone like they like we understand what he is? We're the spectators, but can you imagine actually watching someone where you have no idea what they are? It's this burnt dude chasing you, and then just to fuck with you, he starts cutting off appendages, and then they fucking regrow. That would freak me the fuck out if it was real life. And the fucked up part about it is making he's making his face looks like the same face the dude in office space makes when he goes, oh, I'm going to show her my O face. Oh, oh, oh. That's what face he's making. It (laughs) looks like the same face that a virgin makes when he jacks off to hentai. I love that face. I'm making it up. Either way, I just, I I think the idea of... Oh, the idea is fantastic demon coming after you in your sleep where most people can't uh, make booby traps is fantastic. I just I love almost everything about him. Alright, Kenneth. I gave it a 9 also. I mean, his backstory, what he's doing, why he's doing it, the way he looks, everything that he's been through, all this shit. I mean, you know, as a monster... And and then his icon stat his icon status. I mean the whole nine as a monster, he's a great fucking monster. You know what I'm saying? I mean there may be there may be aspects about him that are, I guess, the way you put it, weak or ridiculous, but not near as bad as it gets down the rabbit hole later on in the series. You know, that's that's the one thing that I can give this one over uh over ones and uh, over others in the series is that he is a lot more serious in this one. And it, it doesn't have a, as much, if barely any at all, of that extreme over-the-top bullshit that makes him seem like a cartoon character. And, and that's one of the aspects that I like about it. And then, you know, the 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 anger that's portrayed by him in this one, as well as in the second one, is, I think, great in this one. So, I, I mean, as a monster, I give him a nine in this one anyway. All right. Hero. I give it a four. Fuck Nancy. She's awful. Jay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. She was so bad. It made, it, it made me think wrong. It's Kenneth's turn. Go ahead, Kenneth. I give it a six. I mean, You're I wrong. mean, Jay, go ahead. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, even at that, you know what I'm saying? The only reason why she got a six was because of the booby traps at the end. Otherwise, I'd be like, my God, man, how come she didn't die at the beginning? Okay, so I gave her a seven. I gave her a seven because of all the reasons I stated in her character development that I liked, and then you guys pointed out that that was all stupid. And so this is probably <laughs> one of those scores that should be a list a little bit lower. <laughs> um, so let's just pretend that this score is for her dad, who's a very good cop and a good father for the most part. All right, I'm going to tell you where that's wrong. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> We're under the score and soundtrack. Jerry, what'd you think about it? Fuck. He did the transition, so I guess I won't explain why he's a bad I cop mean, and a bad dad. I find her very attractive, so I probably... I don't find her attractive at all. You get to I see do. her movies, and she's only 16, so that's nice. No, you don't. That's a stunt double. Yeah. The, the, her in the bathtub, underwater, that is not her. It is another chick, though she is topless in another movie, so you can see her titties there. Oh, well, they're not 16 in another movie. <laughs> okay, that's true. 
Uh, all right, <laughs> Weinstein. Something that we didn't discuss, uh, by the way. I think. Do you realize that throughout this whole thing, this is the first time that the bathtub scene has come up? I forgot about the bathtub scene. That's a great I kind of did, too. And it is a great scene, but, you know, it shows how much we pay attention. Mm, that's a good point. Score well, it's and not a kill, so it just hasn't really come up. <laughs> um... I actually do have it will come up here in a in a moment for me um, in, in another section. I but, see it. I see it right there. Uh, score and soundtrack. Um, you know what? I give the score and soundtrack a seven. It works really well in this movie. I wouldn't be able to pick it out in a lineup to use uh, Jay's phrase from earlier, but it does work in the movie. I don't I I, I couldn't tell you much of it afterwards but it works well in the movie um jay uh, i gave it an eight just because it involves the one two freddy's coming for you nursery rhyme that has lasted um the same thinking about it though after talking about what i gave friday score they should probably have the same score since they both have one iconic thing that's carried through the entire series and the rest of it is just kind of average for the movie well, i will say i do like that doom or are that this i can't even imitate it but there's that i guess it's the opening uh song when you see the the shitty non full screen uh opening credits uh i do like the sound of that like i do actually like the sound of the opening theme but yeah all right kenneth score soundtrack ten Wow. I gave it a ten, I, and not for the one two Freddy come, Freddy's coming for you thing. That's that's cool and it's iconic and it goes all the way through the series. But that's not it. That 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 off melody, that is, and it's talked about in the damn in 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 whatever that big ass fucking documentary is, uh, Never Sleep Again. It's talked about in that. But that off melody, is is iconic to this movie. And 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 it is in others. But for this one, I mean, it's just to me, it fits perfectly. It it's got a really weird, unnerving feeling. And then there's this other high pitch part that's kind of like, it's it, it's almost kind of like the uh, the high pitch thing for Psycho, but it's a little bit further in. And it I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. But even that right there, and it kind of ends with this really deep like, I I don't know if I could pull it up. Or, or, or Jerry, you could throw it in, but to me, it fit perfectly. And, and anytime, anytime I hear anything that even sounds remotely close to either that off melody or that weird high pitch thing, I automatically think about Nightmare on Elm Street. Fair enough. Um, we move on to scare factor. Uh, I gave it a five because anytime it really should be scary, it gets ruined by something dumb in the movie. But there is one scene that I do find terrifying. That's the bathtub scene. Because even when I'm in the shower and I'm washing my hair um, and I have my eyes closed, it's kind of like the psycho thing. Like you net, like you just feel so vulnerable when you're naked in a bathtub, and to be pulled underwater in a bathtub where you know you should not be pulled underwater. Is actually terrifying to me. Almost every other scene with Freddy uh, doing something scary does not work for me. 
But this scene works because it's just the claw and it's just her getting dragged underwater and it's so subtle. Um, so it's it's the only thing in the movie that actually gets points for me and that's why it actually got to come up to a five. Kenneth. I gave it an eight. And the reason why I gave it an eight instead of a ten is to me the most scary parts of the movie didn't have Freddy in them. The aspect of him was there, but him physically was not. Was it watching Nancy act? Uh, no. Uh, oh. Like, take, for instance, Tina's death. How, uh, like, how I talked about how terrifying it was and everything. The The unfortunate part about that is, is that Freddy was not there himself. You know what I'm saying? The same thing with the bed. It would have looked awful, though, if he would have been, if you would have been able to actually see him in the scene with Tina, I think it would have been awful. Probably. I mean, I th- I'm not saying it didn't work, but it was just like, I don't know. It's kind of like a cross between I know how awesome the idea behind the kill was and how terrifying it would be to be in it. But being a spectator and watching it is something totally different. And it wasn't as scary being a spectator and watching it, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, Jay, Scare Factor. Scare Factor, I gave an 8. Because, well, <clears throat> like I said earlier, there's not really any horror movies that scare me, per se, I can imagine being scared by these situations that's going on. Um, Having somebody inside of your dreams that can actually physically hurt you, that you've seen and know killed your friends, that's a terrifying thought. I Um, I just don't understand how you, in Friday the 13th, you're like, well, logically, I'm just not scared of it. But then with this, you're like, oh, yeah, I could totally see this. That's because it's a realistic situation versus a... A, a fantasy situation. And the realistic situation is not scarier to you? Because it, it doesn't ever be. happen in real life. <laughs> what are you talking? The, the, Freddy Krueger could never happen in real life. Exactly. That's why he's scarier. Oh, what? I don't understand. I do not understand. I, I, don't, I, I don't get that either, man. Because it's like, if you were to sit and listen to me and Jerry go back and forth about events that have happened in real life that is close to Friday the 13th, dude. We could riddle your brain for hours. Uh, like, to me, it's so much more... A movie like The Strangers right? is way more terrifying to me than, uh, you know, a movie like... The Strangers had better atmosphere dog soldiers. that made it scarier I, than that's like, like Friday the 13th. That's the reason why that movie Eden Lake fucked with me so bad. I don't know whether either one of y'all watched it. I but have. That, it's a great movie. Dude. That movie fucked with me hard for a few hours after I got done watching that because that was so know. fucking plausible. I don't have a good brain. And I, I, I'm not saying don't you don't. Sense. I'm just a... saying the Freddy situation to me is more scary than the Friday the 13th situation. Wow. Not All that right. either of them scared me, just overall. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the imagery. Uh, I don't know. I guess. I don't really have good reasons, but that is. I mean, whatever works for you at the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We move into entertainment. Uh, I I give it a six. The movie starts really strong, but by the middle and the end of it, it just drags. But I do like the score. I do like the atmosphere. So I can't I can't make it go lower than a six. I tried and I just couldn't. I have to at least give it a Six, there are definitely way worse movies out there. Um, Jay? Uh, I gave it a nine. 
and this is kind of one of those subjects that kind of broaches this the objective subjective uh, thing because entertainment, regardless of a quality of a movie from a technical aspect, is still a very personal thing. And I've always been entertained by this series, so I gave it a nine. All right, Kenneth, I gave it a seven. I oh, mean, trusted hand job. Yeah, I mean, because damn, I mean, when it really comes down to it. You know, while it, there are moments of, of you know, great imagery and, and so on and so forth, when it really comes down to it being overly entertained, you know what I'm saying? I've seen it so many fucking times that at this point, no, I'm not really entertained anymore. <laughs> but because of how entertained I have been in the past, I kind of gave it a little bit of a bump up. But overall, I'm just kind of like, eh. All right. Rewatchability. I gave it a five because I'd rather not. Kenneth. Give it a six. Again, because right. I've seen it so many motherfucking times, man. Uh, Jay. I gave it a ten. I watch this movie a lot. I watch it a lot more. Fair enough. Uh, we move into our last category, pop culture. Um, I, I had to give it a nine. Uh, even though it really isn't until like the third movie that he games the full humor he gets known for, it was still born here. There are parts in this movie where we clearly see him doing humor and he is a character that is born in this movie. So because he has a little bit less of that goofy humor, he will become known for. I only gave it a nine. Um, much like I only gave Friday the 13th a 9 because it didn't have the full Jason. Um, so I gave it a 9. Um, Jay. I gave it a 10 for the same reasons I gave Friday the 13th a 10. Fair it's enough. an iconic birth of an iconic series with an iconic character. And it just, it continues. And I mean, just the fact that we're, we're doing this whole series of Horror Coliseum starring both of them proves that, I think. So... I gave it a 10. That's true. Kenneth. I gave it a 10. I mean, it's Freddy Krueger, man. You know, beginning of the series, end of the series, remake, whatever it is, man, it's still Freddy Krueger. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, at any point in time, you know, it's another one of those where you can go to just about anywhere and be like, you know, mention the hat or the red and green sweater or the fucking, you know, the glove, any of the rest of those things, man. You mention them and people know who it is. It's Freddy Krueger, no matter whether it's goddamn, you know, the first one or the last one. So for being a fucking pop culture icon, Freddy Krueger is always going to be stapled in the horror genre, man. He always will, unless they just absolutely don't do anything and he fizzles out over the next 50 years, which I seriously doubt because hell, they're talking about doing another one now. Yeah, I do want to clarify something because I, I just thought about this. The difference in how I'm rating pop culture versus how y'all are rating pop culture um and i'm not saying my way is right and yours is wrong or anything like that well if you I, weren't then you wouldn't bring it up would you uh no i just <laughs> want to point it out because i want y'all's perspective on it so i'm judging the pop culture of this movie for this movie in the franchise and how it compares to what's known in the franchise you know, so like how I said, like how Jason doesn't is not in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie, and Freddy doesn't have his humor in this Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But those are two things that the series are known for. So that's that's a hundred percent fair. I actually plan on doing that going forward. Okay, but because 
these movies are the first in their series, they are responsible for the rest of the series. And I'm applying that to their pop culture status in addition to their relation to the rest of the movies in the series. So going forward with the characters already established, I will change like just as an example, I haven't scored them or watched them yet, but Friday the 13th part three will probably score higher in pop culture because it's the movie he gets his mask in versus Friday the 13th part two. Okay. Fair enough. So that's mm-hmm. just just going forward for the rest of the series. That's what I'm looking at. But for this mo- these two movies specifically, I am including the fact that they started these franchises. Okay, fair enough. Um, um, all right. When it really comes down to it, at the uh, you know what I'll tell you what I'll follow suit. I'll do the same thing for the rest of the movies because I was actually thinking about that when you as you were saying it. Is I was just like, well, I was like, Jerry's got a fucking point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if it's like if we do it the way I've the way I've been doing it so far, hell, every fucking pop culture thing is going to be a ten all the way down the line. So, so <laughs> that I, so that you know is what? exactly why I decided to do it this way. But I didn't because I didn't want to affect y'all's scores. I didn't say anything. All right. So from here on out through for the rest of the the rest of the ones we'll do i'll do pop culture status based on the movie as a whole versus you know its icon status yeah. so that being based on when it came out what it did for the series everything else like that so you yeah. know because that puts you know three and four like for nightmare on elm street that would put three and four higher on the totem pole than some of the others yep all right so let's get our final scores for a nightmare on elm street i gave it a 97 jay what did you give it uh, if my math is correct, it's 116. And Kenneth? 117. Wow. Kenneth rated it higher <laughs> than Friday the 13th. Now, this is something I've always wanted to come up. Now, Kenneth, which one do you like better? Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street? Just from, like, your personal, like, you have to watch one right now. Which one are you watching? <sighs> It's hard because I honestly, it when it comes between these two heavy hitters, it's completely subjective with me to the time period in my life. Because I have went through time periods in my life where fucking damn Freddy Krueger was the high point. And then I have went through times in my life where damn Jason was the high point. So it, it's very difficult for me to answer that question. But just going based on my current experiences with both movies, watching them for the podcast, I would have to choose Friday the 13th. Interesting. See, that, and that's one of the things that was that's interesting about the horror Coliseum idea is that even though it only beat Friday the 13th by one point from a technical aspect, Nightmare on Elm Street beat Friday the 13th, even though... If it came down to which one he would rather watch right now, Friday the 13th, would win. That is one of the interesting things for me. So, you want something else? What? If I had to rewatch one of the two right now, I'd probably pick Friday the 13th too. But that's based solely on the fact that I've watched Nightmare way more times than I've watched the first Friday. Uh, here, here's another idea for you, okay? Uh, I, maybe we'll do this going forward. Uh, you have to... Remove one of these movies forever. You can never watch it again. Which one do you remove? Oh, well, then I'm going to go with my the one I like the least, and that's going to be Friday. 
Yeah, same, See, the same thing. I probably would remove Friday the Thirteenth. Also, I would remove Nightmare on Elm Street. But it's we know, it's... We know Jerry. We've known <laughs> the last year when you bring it up every fucking podcast. <laughs> but it's very interesting. So, for me, Friday the Thirteenth won one hundred and fifteen to ninety seven. For Jay, uh, Friday the Thirteenth won one hundred and eighteen to one hundred and sixteen. And for Kenneth. Nightmare on Elm Street won 117 to 116. Y'all were so close. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Hey, we'll um, see what got what got mine. You know what I'm saying? What what took Nightmare up that point was when it comes effects. Well, not just special effects. I mean, you look at the special effects and the kills and the monster. Okay, all three of those got a nine out of me versus. Uh, versus Friday the 13th, which got a seven, an eight, and a seven. So those right, those three right there were nines across the board. So in that in that aspect, damn, th- those are the ones that, you know, that I think really tipped the scale in comparison to my other scores. Because, like, the score and the pop culture were both tens. You know what I'm saying? The rewatchability was both one point against each other. You know what I'm saying? The entertainment factor for uh, Friday the 13th was higher than Nightmare on Elm Street. So, but those three right there were the were the were the turners right there. I say it's it really is interesting, um, and it's really interesting going through these and as you're talking about them, going, oh man, I wish I could change this score to this because they made a good point and. And I, I, I was wrong. Like, I, I need to tweak this. That is also one of the interesting things about doing this. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting to go into my, you know, hardcore thing about the kills when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I did kind of go off in a little bit of a rant on that one. Uh, yeah, but... It was a little with, intense. <laughs> with that being said... Round one goes to Friday the 13th. It wins two to one. So that'll be interesting. It'll be even interesting on the rest of the episodes because here's the thing. We have a special guest for every episode going forward. As long as nothing changes and no one has to back out or anything like that. It may change. You never know. But for the most part, we do actually have people lined up for each show and it may come down to uh two out of two and if that happens we'll add all the scores up and see who has the most points and do it that way it's because it way could break you know but i will go ahead and announce who will hopefully be on every show going forward so the next show uh friday the 13th part two versus nightmare on Elm street part two will be Alex Edwards, you recently heard him on the Sleepaway Camp versus the Isn't Burning Show. Isn't that the show. favorite in both series for him? It is his favorite for both franchises. Oh. That is why I asked him to be on for that one, because yeah, I thought it be would fun. be so interesting. Um, uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 versus the Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 will have 10 out of 10 Derek, who you have heard on Cinema Attack and on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Friday the 13th, Part 4, versus A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4, will have Brian M. Sammons from the ABCs of Hidden Horror. Friday the 13th, Part 5, versus A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 5, will have Scott Crawford from the Podcast by the Cemetery. 
Uh, Friday the 13th, Part 6 versus The Nightmare on Elm Street. Part 6 will have Jerry Cortez, a.k.a. Mr. Venom, from Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. Beneath the Zenith, um, Evil episodes present just the movies, Rad Radio, all kinds of shit. Um, Friday the 13th, Part 7 versus A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 7, which is a new nightmare. We'll My have favorites. Your favorite. And to back you up, I'm bringing on... Brandon Orlick from Exploding Heads, a.k.a. the new Brandon, because it's also his favorite Friday the 13th movie. That's both of my favorites. Oh, both of your favorites from yep. the series? Oh. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Shit. Uh, I, I don't have to do that, though I do really like Friday 2 and Nightmare 2, Nightmare 2 being the only one in the series I like. So that'll be very interesting for me, but I don't have to have a super hardcore battle here. Uh, and then, of course, the last episode, which is the Friday the 13th remake versus a Nightmare on Elm Street remake. We will have JP from 22 Shots joining us for that one. So nice. we've, we've got a full lineup. Uh, hopefully they will all make it. If they don't make it, don't worry. We will go on by ourselves if we have to because uh, um, this is one that we just have to keep going forward. But hopefully we will have all those guests going forward. And... Uh, <laughs> We we will, of course, see who ends up taking this in the long run, Friday the 13th versus Nightmare on Elm Street. We will see what movies would we would remove if we had to, gun to our head. And uh, next week, I think we get into one of the most vicious battles of this whole series. Because to me, I think these two are definitely on par with each other. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Friday the 13th Part 2... Uh, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 is my favorite of the series. And Friday the 13th Part 2 is often my number two favorite uh, for the Friday series. So I, it's going to be a tough one. I don't know where it's going to land. Are y'all excited about that one? I'm oh, yeah. excited about watching all of these movies over again. I'm curious. While we got JP, for when we're doing the last one, while we got JP, right after we get done recording that, we should do Frozen. Just do a double episode. Yeah. I, 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 we're we're gonna do Frozen. I'm just gonna wait until it's colder outside. But by the time we're Maybe doing that, cold outside. Hey, don't you bring up rapey songs here. That's okay. my favorite song about rape. Mine is my um, second favorite is Nirvana. My my favorite is that song from Aladdin. Uh, I can show <laughs> you the world. I'm pretty positive that is basically just the Arabian version of "It's Cold Outside." Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Uh, so let us know who you picked. Let us know how you scored these categories. Um, I can't believe we got this done in under two hours. I'm pretty excited about that. But to be fair, these are not as hard as some of our other ones because we know these movies so well. It's so <laughs> easy to just go luck. bam, bam, bam. And, and there's a lot of these categories. We were all just on the same wavelength. That's true. Um, so it was pretty dope. I had a really fun time. You can check us out on youtube.com slash kill the cast. You can check us out on Twitter at kill the cast. Yeah. Jerry's been putting work with that Twitter, man. I, I have been putting work on that. Every time I try and add to it, like my shit goes unnoticed. And then your stuff's like, Oh, look at all these shares and hearts and shit. (laughs) Yeah, man. I am out there just fucking rocking. I am posting good shit. I am, I am on it. I really, I've been really enjoying the Twitter thing. Um, 
We are also on Facebook as a page and a group. Please join our group. We have a yeah, talk about long, shit with us. We have a long-running tournament going on right now called the 13 Years of Horror Remakes, and uh, we are getting close to finishing out uh, the 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 first round where we will move on to the second round to see who the winners of the first round uh, get eliminated and see who's going to go in the second one. It's going to be dope. Um, so definitely, definitely check that out. And, uh, with that being said, we also have a Patreon, which hopefully Patreon gets their shit fixed because, uh, fucking they had some issue with something and like basically everyone's debits and credit cards got declined. So basically just no one. Yeah. Mine didn't either. But you know what? We were supposed to get uh, $18 from Patreon. Do you want to know how much we got? Two. 18 cents? We got five bucks rounded yeah. up. Uh, we got five bucks rounded up, uh, which is out of the 18 that we were supposed to get. Um, you know, well, I which know is... exactly what happened, if you want me to. Oh, no, I know. I, I've already read the whole thing that okay. pa- Patreon sent me an email and all that and whatever well, one of the people that i subscribed to sent me a thing saying exactly what happened yeah yeah i had movie crypt send me a thing telling me what happened also i had and london andrews send me a thing that what happened i'm not on patreon <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah nonetheless um it's whatever patreon is just kind of like a little bit of extra money that goes towards like buying a movie we're all gonna review or uh, fucking fees. Ho- hosting fees because you know we do pay to host our own stuff. It mostly goes into to hosting Jerry's fees. pocket, uh, my pocket because That's I paid. Where it should go. I, yeah. I paid for the hosting fees, and uh, so Patreon just basically repays me for the for the money I put into that, and then me paying for editing software and all that shit. Um, but either way, we thank everyone, whether you're just listening. Whether you're liking and sharing on Facebook or Twitter, if you have a Kill the Cash shirt that you can get online, we have links for that in the description. Uh, Or if you are on Patreon, you're the best. You're part of the cast, and we're probably going to kill you. But that's just Adam Green told us to. Yeah. Uh, So thank you all for joining us. Uh, Next episode may be the next Horror Coliseum. But it might also, uh, we while we're doing the Horror Coliseum, so that we do not get burned out, we will be putting episodes in between. So, like regular like fun episodes. Scan. Like Brain Scan, that's coming up. That that will probably happen after Horror Coliseum uh, Freddy vs. Jason Part 2. Um, but uh, we'll probably have some kind of fun episode that we're just going to do to throw out there kind of like our halloween three episode which was filled with tangents and a blast with that being said thank you all uh drink your sweet tea tell your loved ones that uh heather lamping camp is a terrible actress no heather if you're listening it's just this movie that's it Uh, you're you're better than that you know it i know it call me Solid seven. Another hand job. <laughs> no, you are not. Uh, not in my book. I've got nothing against you personally. I think you were fantastic in a new nightmare. Actually, 
Um, but you we'll know, you're young. Like I give the months. same shit to Kit Harrington in the first like two seasons of Game of Thrones because he always has his mouth open too. I gave him shit also, so don't. And I love him, so don't uh, don't like take offense to it or think you're special for that matter. Who do you? Which think one you was are? he? Uh, Jon Snow. Oh, okay. If you want, if you go back and watch the first like two seasons, his he has slack jaw constantly. His I'm mouth sorry. is always open. The, the, until it happened, the only thing that I could think of throughout the first few seasons of Game of Thrones was when is Joffrey going to die? Pretty much, but we won't go into that because we don't want any spoilers for Game of Thrones because we're yes, we eventually going to stop this and just do a Game of Thrones podcast because no, that's the way to get famous. Um, so. Uh, that's it, guys. Uh, also, check out uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space if you're into Godzilla goodness. We just dropped an episode on Yogg, Monster from Space, a.k.a. Space Amoeba. And our next episode is going to be on Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah from the 90s. So get ready for time travel, androids, uh, dinosaurs in the war, and uh, uh, fucking uh, Mecha King Ghidorah. Well, when you Final Wars, I'll come and I'll talk. I will bring you on for Final Wars, Jay. You heard it here. Jay will come on and do Final Wars. Yeah, because that's like Power Rangers mixed with Godzilla. It really is. (laughs) So uh, that's it for us, guys. We are out of here. See you next time. I've already pimped out all the shit. Guys, do you all have any final words? Jay, any final words? Um, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Sonic Fox won the Dragon Ball Fighters finals he's a furry so he's american so that's good so yay america sorry that you know what's funny i was just talking earlier on my uh uh the uh puppet master lewis right thing i was talking about uh if nazis were here today what what like groups they would kill (laughs) and and i said it would be it would either be furries or juggalos it would definitely be furries um so that's 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 funny that you say that. Uh, Kenneth, any, par- any parting words for the dead? I want to come, too. <laughs>